Hello, strangers on the internet, burning with anticipation for another exciting episode of Now That's What I Call a Video Games Podcast. Today's episode, Now That's What I Call a Towering Inferno. This week we talk about fire levels in honor of the summer season. What memorable set pieces fire lends itself to. What great uses it's had in the past. And determined for ourselves how many fire-related puns we can make in an hour or more. Uh, I do, do want me to count them. I would love you to count them, Zach. All right, I have paper and a pencil, and I will count every fire pun. Just remind me if I do not state how many. Thanks, guys. That's getting me really hot under the collar for oh, a fire oh. pun. There we go. One. One's up. There we go. All right. All right. Mm. Quick, finish um, your intro. Yeah, I was, I'm, <laughs> I'm working on So, uh, before we continue counting, uh, fun fact for all of you cool people out there. My name is Andrew Fasciano, go by Drew, and my favorite campfire activity is roasting marshmallows because it's a tasty treat. Can't be beat. Um, dang it, he, he stole mine. I'm sorry, bro. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. He stole mine as well. Oh, no! I'm just a thief. <laughs> a fire thief? Right. Wait, oh that, that's not a pun. That's not a pun, but was is there actually anything called the fire thief or something? There's probably a fire thief somewhere. I'm not putting uh, it down. It. We're, we're still at one. Uh, um, hello, everyone. I am Zach, and my favorite campfire activity is also roasting s'mores. But I'll, I'll say something else. Ghost stories. Oh, how how wonderful to say. Which is like the opposite of how I act in like every other piece of media for ghost things. Yeah, actually, that's pretty interesting, because, like, you, you tend to not like the whole horror thing, so it's a bit shocking. A bit shocking. I love it, yeah. mm. uh, And my name is Adam, and my favorite campfire activity is probably building the campfire. Really? Yeah, yeah. well, because, you know, I was in Boy Scouts for a really long time, and one of the things we'd have to do is, when we had a big event, we'd have a campfire. So we had to build our own campfires. So it was always fun to kind of like go get all the wood, get it all together, put it like build this giant bonfire, then fucking just light it on fire. Huh. I love that. I sometimes, love that. sometimes we went a bit nuts and we made the campfire too big. And it was like, okay, this is now a, uh, there was one year we made a campfire and we kept just putting more and more like wood on the fire until apparently they could see it from across the lake that we were staying on. What? And they were like... Hey, so that's a little bit high. Can you, uh, can you bring that, like, tone that fire down? I'm like, okay. How how old were you when you made this like towering, blazing inferno well, of death? It wasn't it wasn't me. It was all it was all of our, uh, uh, it was all of our uh, our troop that we were just like, yeah, you know, we're gonna have a fun campfire. We'll make it a really big, really big fire, big bonfire. Well, I, guess, I guess you guys must have been uh, smoking. Hey. hey, that's two. two. That's yeah, two. Good job. We we did it, guys. I'm so proud, guys. How how how's your week done, Ben? I know it's been a while since we've had our our office meeting, but what's going on? What's going <laughs> on with y'all? <laughs> it has actually been like a full week. Yeah. So I think the first thing we should probably mention is the office meeting we had. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you oh. tell us, Zach? All right. So Zach, all... tell us about as, as tell us about it as part of your week. So so very pre- like we we've. We fairly frequently talk about like we we try to meet up like once a month, but it ends up being like once every three months that that uh, we all meet up in person to talk about the podcast and just hang out because we're friends. Mm-hmm. Um, unless one of you guys is faking. Oh no! Great oh, now just... now that's what I call conspiracy episode begins now. <laughs> now that's okay. what I call a anyways. twist. Now, anyways, so so we're friends. So we went to uh, this restaurant. 
Um, can I say the name of the restaurant? I, I think you should. Okay. You should. So it is called The Office and has a bunch of fun names for food. And I helped Drew pick out his beer, which was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It, it was the the heretic, right, or, or something. Yeah, it was the her- like I like I saw the heretic, and I I pointed it out to Drew and said, Drew, you need to drink this. And then, just so you know, Zach, just so you know, I was thinking of the little grunts saying heretic, heretic, heretic from Halo Two the whole time. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't thinking of that, but um, yeah. So so Adam showed up afterwards, and then we all ate at the office, and then we all got some froyo, and then. And then we went our separate ways. I, I like The Office, if only because of their their cocktail list has a whole bunch of like work related puns, like mm. or like jokes. So like, there's the interview from hell, the water cooler, the af- the uh, midday meeting. I, there's some kind of meeting thing. I remember that one. Uh, I think I there's like the, the intern. I think there's the intern. Yeah, there's well. the intern. It's good what? stuff, and it always gets kind of funny. We're like, hey, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to the office. <laughs> oh, hey. they think I'm going to work, but I'm actually gonna go get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you say it with like all that direness and she's like oh poor guy it's so late why is he doing it he must be a really hard worker the hardest worker eating the redneck taco mm, by the way the redneck taco for people who don't know is a delightful treat if, if even if it's named kind of weird it is a buttermilk pancake with pulled pork and coleslaw on it and then it is served with fries and I think more coleslaw. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is, Adam. Yes, it is. It's a hundred. It's it's fantastic. Good stuff right there. I I had not eaten anything all day and it was like the perfect thing for me. I was so stoked on it. And also, if the owners of the office are listening, uh, thank you. Yes, we have we have endorsed you and you should give us all your money. So <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> this would be great. Like the office sends us money like six months from now where it's like why is he sending us money here guys have two dollars off this drink great now this drink is only thirty dollars instead of ten see now now we have to convince our listeners that we're not shills that we're not like actually being paid um and i swear we're not the reason why we went to the office is because drew and adam like going to the office it's true that's pretty much it um but anyway so the rest of my week consists of playing overwatch um and then uh, I also started up my next role-playing game campaign. Oh, which nice. Mm-hmm. Is this nifty thing. I probably talked to you guys about it before, but it is uh, 1930s gangsters meets cryptids at large. Um, and it is it is going to be a little wacky. It is going to be very violent. And it's going to be I'm, amazing. I'm excited for you to tell me stories of what happens in it because it's such a it's such an interesting concept to me. Like I think it's oh, super yeah. cool that you came up with it. I'm 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 <laughs> happy for you and I'm excited to get like all like when you do all the work of playing it. I'm happy to hear all the payload of what happened in it. So the thanks. Payload. Um, the payload. So the other thing, hey guys, yeah, bro. Guess who's guess who's going to another Final Fantasy wedding? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> what? <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> You wacky kids. And actually, a a genuinely married couple are getting married in Final Fantasy XIV. And I'm invited to go. And uh, Were you invited to the real wedding? uh, No. They they got married in, like, South Carolina. And and they got 
as far as I know, it was a really small ceremony, so I. But I it's didn't... a way for them to have more of their friends be involved with their beautiful union. Yeah. Their soul bond. What was it? Soul. Soul, soul fusion. Soul. Fu- you mean the ceremony of eternal bonding? That's yeah, the there we go. Oh, that was it. That's the one. I feel like we talk about <laughs> weddings a lot on this show. I don't. I don't know what that says. <laughs> okay, so we're all in our mid twenties. It's like it's gonna be wedding season from now until we're thirty-five. We should have some kind of like wedding counts and, and do something wedding related somehow. I mean, at the, at the end of the year, <laughs> we'll send out, we'll just be like, and happy wedding anniversary thing to everybody. Hooray, you did everybody it. Everybody who got married, congratulations. I, okay, according according to my count, I'm going to put my glasses up for a moment. We have in total, all three of us have gone to three, four weddings. My um, God. Two of, which, two of which were Final Fantasy weddings. Oh, God. <laughs> well, so okay, this is I have this is the life we live. <laughs> yep, pretty much. I told you it's wedding season. It's gonna oh, be wedding season goodness. for the next ten years. Uh, yeah, okay. there was like a bridal wedding event going on in Fire Emblem Heroes as well. What the hell's going on? Yeah, actually, so so like next week I'm going to a wedding. It's just there's lots of weddings. Um. Anyways, I think that's good for my week. Uh, how about we move on to you? I don't know who you is because this is all through audio. So I'm just well, going you to know, go. You sounds <laughs> you rhymes with Drew. So it sounds like Drew, it's up to you to do what you do so well. You rhymes with Drew, so Drew will talk. Excellent. My week my week has been oh my like very all over the goddamn place. Um some good, some bad. Um work has been I got double booked on projects, so I was super excited to move on and start doing this one thing, and then like a bunch of people that I have never met in my life called me up and said, Hey, we need you to do like everything else and I was like super confused the whole time. Um but that's okay. I um you know, I you know, saw some sun finally and then it rained again. I um yep I actually I um I got a ticket for outside like a one day ticket for Outside Lands and they Oh have, nice. Well, like the Gorillas are playing that day, so I'm I'm gonna see them and I'm super whoa, stoked. Whoa. For that. You're yeah. going to see Gorillas in concert? Nice. How yes. do they do that? Is is just like is there a screen projection or is it use that like holographic technology to make them appear on the stage? Well, what they're doing this time around is they're just getting their collaborators together and just kind of like having a lot of nifty projections. Like they used to do the hologram thing, but like, I don't know if it actually worked so well, like for the people who were actually there live. I'm just like, I'm just happy for the new album and I'm excited to actually see him because like, I don't know if I'll get another chance. So I'm going for it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I know a couple of the uh, groups that do that are like, you know, 2D characters and that when they do concerts, they have like this really intricate hologram set up uh, but sometimes talking about hatsune miku i mean he clearly is yeah, i'm probably I talking about hatsune miku uh i'm also talking about tupac shakur yeah what? i, was I hoping hoping forgot about that don't you ever forget that tupac shakur is closer to hatsune miku than you will ever be oh let my that god. sink in oh my god that's crazy uh, but anywho uh, i heard when you go to these concerts one of the problems is is that if you're like in the middle and like facing dead on at the holograms, they look great. But if you're at any of the like the angles, things start kind of looking weird. Yeah, and from the footage I've seen, it seems like they just kind of have they don't really worry about it. They just have a projector, they have some nice visuals, and they let the people who are guests and are collaborating and contributing to the project be present. And I think that's fine. You know what would be actually really interesting for for like a projection setup is if what? you had like multiple projections 
uh, sort of like flanking the audience mm-hmm. from multiple angles. And then you set it up such that like characters will move between the screens or they'll show up in different areas and then they'll fly kind of like move around on them. It would be an interesting way of doing it to sort of like it, it sort of simulates that they're in 3D space without actually going through and having like a full hologram there. That would be very cool. I, as someone who has not put together that intricate of a stage, I, I'm sure it's also like a planning, like you got to be on your game. And I'm oh, sure they yeah. would be. Uh, but uh, just, I do want to throw in, there is, I did manage to play a video game this week. Uh, shocker. Um, it nice. is, have you heard of Monument Valley? And have you heard of Monument Valley 2? It's amazing follow-up. I I. No. I have Monument Valley 1 on my tablet that I've been playing. Okay. I, I got it from, I think it was like one of Amazon's free app of the day. Yeah. And it, yeah. I remember Amazon, uh, pfft, Amazon Valley. <laughs> Amazon Valley. <laughs> I'd like to complete this purchase. First, you must complete this puzzle. Like, oh, come on. I just want to buy my stuff. Uh, so uh, but um, I remember Monument Valley, Valley being very cool. And I really like the art style. Yeah, and so the sequel, uh, they they released it. I think they announced it when Apple had their big, you know, hey, look at all the cool stuff we're going to do in the future conference. And, like, I was worried that, you know, I don't know how a sequel will, will work for Monument Valley, but they've actually, like, like, it's the same kind of art. They've actually added some interesting new mechanics. It's... It's even better looking than the previous one. It's got a real it's got like a really cool minimalist story going on and it's just it's just something I had no idea was even in production and like I didn't expect another one to come and it it manages to be just as surprising and beautiful as the first one and I think it's just super cool. Um but that's my week. It's been great. I remember uh, Monument Valley being super cool cuz like all the puzzles like made you think a bit but none of them were like super hard like it, I don't remember ever getting stuck on any of the puzzles I completed, but it was always like, oh, what, what's going on here? Head scratching for a second. It's a it's a game that's less concerned about challenging you and more about just like making you think a little bit, if that makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. like you'll look at something and you just kind of fiddle and eventually you figure it out. And it's it's just kind of more about the setting and the atmosphere. And I think that's part of what makes it such an int- like a such an interesting game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so as for my week. Mm-hmm. Uh, work-wise, as I kind of went off on <laughs> on Drew and Zach, and I'm not going to regale him again with that story. Uh, work has been fun. There's been a lot of stuff going on. Uh, video games-wise, I've been playing uh, a lot of Overwatch. The Overwatch has their anniversary event right now. We're still going, and they're yeah, double they're... XP right now. Yeah. It's oh like, yeah. So there's a uh, there's a double XP going on right now. Boy, you get a lot of XP now for winning. I think I got like seven thousand XP on one win. Damn. Damn. I was playing a bunch of arcade on it, and it like I I was noticing I got less experience, hmm. but I got free loot box out of it. But then I switched to quick play, and I was just like one game, half the experience bar. Well, because, like, you barely get any in arcade, but, like, you want those, like, wins, but I kept losing in it. So I was like, ah, yeah, it's I, just, I just, I just wanted to make enough money to buy the little, the little dance, the little dance, and I got the little dance, and it made me happy. <gasps> you got the dance. Nice. Did you get the tracer skin? Yeah, I don't have the skin yet. I, oh. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to get it, honestly. I probably uh, will. I got the tracer skin uh, a while back. Uh, <laughs> I've got, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't trying to brag. Uh, I was going to say. I keep getting all the skins for characters. I'm like, oh, that skin's cool, but I don't really care. I want this one. I'm like, oh, I'm never getting that one now. I want them to give me trading, but I know they'll never give me trading. So uh, I-, I guess I'll touch on this for a little bit. So 
I, I was talking with a friend of, do you ever get the sense that maybe this double XP event is like trying to put a Band-Aid on? Like a problem oh, because yeah. people are having a hard, really hard time actually getting the stuff they want. That's like a particular event. Why they did it? That's like that's like effectively why they did it. So, like, so for I, people I, who don't know, in case we haven't explained this, uh, Overwatch is having an event right now for their uh, one year anniversary, and it came with all these cool skins. But <clears throat> this is the first time that all of the all of the skins have been legendary. They are the rarest of the rare items, and then every character has like. Uh, Un- their own unique stuff, including a special dance emote, which, of course, you know, people do want to get. The thing is, is it, this may just be me, and I guess not, because I've heard other people, that it's just getting really hard to actually get, like, particular stuff. So, by having this double XP weekend, they're effectively saying, look, you'll get twice as much, you'll get XP that much faster, so you'll get more loot boxes. But it's like, you know, if you gave me more currency, I could probably just buy this stuff. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so what else did I do with my week? I play so Overwatch. Uh, I've been reading some comics, some mangas. Ooh, uh, some mangoes. I, I'm, cur- I'm currently reading uh, Gundam Thunderbolt. Nice. Uh, so, fun story. Uh, I have a friend who works at a comic book store, so he is, he is always in the know about new stuff that's coming out. So a couple months ago, he said, Hey, Adam, uh, do you want me to start ordering copies of Gundam Thunderbolt for you so, you know, you'll have them at the store? I said, yeah, sure. And he said, cool, I will put them in your cousin's box because what you can do at this comic book store is you can have a box of just stuff they hold on to you, hold mm-hmm. on for you so you can come in and buy it. So, uh, you know, time passes. I kind of forgot and I kind of, and I realized that, oh, maybe he was talking about the Gundam Thunderbolts coming out way in the way later. Flashback to Fanime when I find out that my cousin has been picking up my comic books. He just hasn't been giving them to me. He's been reading them instead. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then never told me he had picked them up for me. So it was like, hey, man. Uh, so uh, my friend was like, hey, did you get your comic books? How you like it? It was like, I haven't gotten them. Have they come out yet? And he's like, wait, cousin, Adam's cousin, why haven't you given them? You give them the books. Did, did your cousin question why he was getting free stuff, or was he just kind of rolling with it? No, I think he knew. Okay, okay. okay. I, I later found out. I, I don't know what happened. It was just really funny. Of like, oh, so that's where all my comic books have been going. Oh dear. Uh, Gundam Thunderbolt's really good. Uh, so that's been fun. I'm doing anything else today. It's time now for uh, another Adam's quick movie reviews. <laughs> today, I saw what is going to be a sure summer blockbuster what did you see adam what i it? saw the mummy oh <gasps> adam oh, what happened so was it i have so i used to work at, at perfect world entertainment and that was pretty fun mm-hmm. uh and i i've le- i've since left there and i have some friends who still work there so i met up with them for lunch and they said hey do you want to come see this movie with us i said sure what movie are you guys gonna go see we're gonna go see the mummy and apparently the reason that they're going to go see The Mummy is because Perfect World actually has a movie branch in China. I don't oh. know if you guys know this, but Perfect World Entertainment, the game company over here, is basically funding this this movie, The Mummy. Oh, what? shit, really? How does that when even we, work? When I sat down in the theater, there is a giant Perfect World logo that starts off in the movie. It's like, what? What's happening? Wow. wow. So that was really weird. But... But uh, I did get a special event voucher at the theater, and it's all—it's a very beautiful-looking ticket. Mm. As for the movie, maybe we shouldn't have done this. 
Um, uh, there was there was like a good two seconds of silence, Adam. Um, uh, uh, so I take so, it it was it left you breathless. I think you said we shouldn't uh, have done this. Kind of. Uh, so mm. it's a it's a it, it's not really a reboot of the uh, the Brendan Fraser the Mummy, though I guess it might be. It, I think it is the first installment of Universal's Dark Universe. Cinematic universe. That is what I've heard. I hear they're trying to bring like Dracula and the mummy and Mm -hmm. I think Jekyll and Hyde, like all the old school monsters back together, right? Yeah. So so Zach, they're they're like from what I can tell of this movie, there is some kind there's some like setup being built where there is this order organization that goes around and is hunting down or trying to find uh monsters, like classic movie monsters and legends. Uh and the mummy just happens, I guess, to be the first one. Uh, personally, that's a really weird one to start off with. And it is especially weird given the story that happens in this movie. Um, visually, it's a pretty fun movie. Uh, the, story-wise, the gist is, hey, there's this tomb. I sure hope nothing bad is in here. Oh no, there was something bad in here. It is this ancient uh, Egyptian princess who was like into some weird shit and she's like I was into some weird shit and now you will be into some weird shit I will bring back the god of death and, and Tom Cruise who is in this movie says no don't do that I am doing my best Nathan Drake impersonation I am says Tom Cruise <laughs> and then there's a lot of British folk in this movie which I wasn't expecting uh, okay so this movie is Tom Cruise and a bunch of Brits Yes, basically this is like, yeah, that's basically it. It's Tom Cruise and a bunch of Brits. Tom Cruise and a bunch of Brits versus the, the Mummy. Okay, so oh, wow. so you would, it, it's you would give it a some, good review or a bad review, Adam? It's summer. It, it's basically summer popcorn fun. It's not okay. It's not terrible. It ha, it does have some fun moments. It's really dumb and campy though. Mm. Uh, I really don't think it deserves the Rotten Tomato score it has, which is like an 18 right now. Oh dear, oh dear. Uh, but I'm like, I'm really curious how they're gonna follow this up because that ending doesn't leave them a lot of room to follow anything up with. Hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure they've already got a plan though. Like it's if they're going for like a whole universe thing, I'm sure they've already got ways to tie everything together. You know what I mean? Boy, I hope so. But. That was my week, and then I then I came back here to record the podcast with you guys. Oh nice. man, that's so sweet of you. I literally right. oh uh, yeah, because I, I literally saw it like today. Oh my god, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. Well, thank thanks for thanks for seeing that movie and then rushing back to tell us all about it, Adam. Uh, yeah. Fun so, fun factoid. Mm-hmm. Just so our podcast today is about fire. Yes. Uh, before we get into the feature. On my way home from the theater, I was driving on the highway, and as and I passed not one but two different brush fires that were going on. Oh <laughs> dear! They were on like the 280. It was like, damn, <laughs> this is like nuts. Jesus, maybe that's why I was so backed up today because I was stuck in traffic for like a half hour, no, an hour. Yeah, I got I got backed up in traffic for about that long too. Like, but yeah, it was like, oh hey, fire. We're gonna go talk about fire. I should bring that up. Let's talk about... Well, actually, before we talk about fire... You know I, what's... We, <laughs> sorry, go, no, no, Adam, Adam, you're so good at it. Say it, say oh, it. I was going to say, you know what else is really hot right now? These uh, hot news stories. All right. Hey, we got number three. Add it. Adam. Under, under the count. Adam, 
give us your hot take on these uh, hot stories. Okay, okay. Hot take. Is that a pun? Nah, not really. Not okay, really. Okay, I'm leaving that, one. leaving that one. But but there is no, this here story. It, it, it's not really hot. It's more of a, like a low simmer. Okay. There we go. There we go. Give us your, on give the us your floor. Simmering, your simmering take on this this Mass Effect story that... So this was this was an interesting story that happened not this week but I think sometime last week and I just kind of wanted to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mass Effect Andromeda came out and it kind of came out to very lukewarm uh, reception mm-hmm. and apparently due to this uh, EA or is it EA or Bioware or is that or is, does EA own Bioware? Um, I know it's a Bioware it, game. Yeah, it's a Bioware game. I'm pretty sure EA is the one who did this. Gotcha. So, one of those two companies, and please forgive me, I'm always terrible for who owns which game series. The Mass Effect series is being, I think it was put indefinitely shelved, kind of due to Andromeda's poor uh, reception. Uh, And I thought that was really interesting, and we kind of talked, this is something we talked about at at the office. Yeah, we did. We did work. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of just an interesting story, because from everything I heard, like, Besides the animations, Mass Effect Andromeda, I heard, was supposed to be pretty good. What's so, weird for me is I wanted the series to be shelved after three. Like, I thought, okay, yeah. we're done here. And th- it seems like they were putting all this time and effort into a new trilogy. And to, like, just be like, okay, cut and run after, like, a bad start seems... it Like, I don't understand what decision-making process went into that. Like, I've heard all the terrible rumors, and I've seen all the beautiful highlight reels of, like eyeballs looking in the wrong direction but that seems like such a weird choice to like decide to kill it now now that you've already invested like a billion billion dollars into it yeah so i don't i I, i'm not i'm not even gonna think about it in terms of like ea money making perspective because Mm -hmm. produce like production producers are always really jumpy but um like i i i'm i'm just happy they put it to rest like it this this like uh, like Mass Effect Andromeda, it felt like they were sort of like trying to keep it going after it clearly had ended. And I know people don't like the ending of Mass Effect Three, but I was willing to let it lay. I was mm-hmm. willing to let it lie. Um, and so then they brought it back up, and then they immediately went, you know what? We'll put it back on the ground. I'm like, yeah, yeah that should have been there. Should have been there. To yeah. start with. There was no need to stoke the fire. I get uh, had to contribute. Had to contribute. You know, a long running joke of. Of me and my friends is that no, I have not beaten Mass Effect three yet. Uh, I'll get to it eventually. I swear. How's Um, the tantric looking? It's gorgeous from space. Nobody can deny its beauty, but I really think we need to appreciate it a little bit longer. Uh, Mass Effect was just kind of weird to me because I'm I I thoroughly played one and two. Like uh, I did when I did my runs through. I only did the one run, but I did like every little nook and cranny I could find. Yeah, and I really like. Oh, you do the same thing? Yeah, I did the same thing. And same thing with Mass Effect 3. I still haven't beaten it. (laughs) Uh, And it was just like, Mass Effect has such, to me, has such an interesting world and universe in it that I guess I have to disagree with you a little, Zach, of like, I do feel like there is is definitely room in Mass Effect's world to do more with it. Uh, I I, I agree with you both, though, that at the the end of 3, I kind of thought like that was it because... Uh, just from like the tone people were talking about it and some of the slight stuff I had heard about the ending is like, no, this is a pretty definite ending. Uh, one, it seemed weird to me that Andromeda would become would take place in like some weird offshoot world that seems it's, very like it takes, place, 
it takes place in the Andromeda Galaxy. Yeah. Not well, ours, I mean, like, the Milky Way. Yeah. But it just seemed weird. It was like, that it would, I think, isn't Mass Effect Andromeda, like, almost completely detached from the original trilogy? Yeah. So like, that's like that's what I'm mentions. saying. Like, like, okay, so if they wanted to make spin-off games in, like, the aftermath of Mass Effect 3 or in, like, some time period before all that shit happens in Mass Effect 3, then okay, yeah, I, I get that. I understand that. EA, you bought the property, so you're going to probably make trying to make games for it. And making spin-offs like that, perfect sense. You could have a game where you're playing as Kasumi and you're stealing everything. I would love that. Okay, and we're back. Uh, sorry, guys and, and gals for who are yeah. listening to the podcast. A, a, a spontaneous fire erupted, and we all had to go put it out. Uh, after becoming great fi- like rescue fire hero people, we now return to our regularly scheduled podcast where we bitch about the trash fire that is Mass Effect Andromeda. Does that count as a pun? Oh, wait, wait, stop, stop, wait, wait. Oh, God. Stop, wait. We're back. No, we're back. We're fine. We're fine. It's all good. Don't worry. I'm great. It's fine. Sorry. We're back. Sorry, guys. Okay. A, sec- a second trash fire <laughs> happened. Put it out. <laughs> Many trash fires are occurring. I'm very sorry. Uh, but you know what? Uh, trash fire will never happen again. Mass Effect and drama. That's true. That's true. That particular fire has been put out. So, um, right. what, what, what we were basically in kind of conclusion was it's like Mass Effect has a lot of cool stuff in its universe. It just felt weird that Andromeda was going to be so detached from the original. And it feels weird to bring up a series that was effectively laid to rest and then say... Nah, we're good. Done. Mm-hmm. Like, you go to all the effort of, like, bringing the corpse back to life, and then when it's ugly, you're like, eh, fuck it. I don't know, it seems... Wow, this weird. sounds like the plot of The Mummy. <laughs> this this sounds like this sounds like, like an alternate Frankenstein thing, where Frank, mm-hmm. Dr. Frankenstein uh, brings the monster up and goes, oh, that's disgusting, and then just puts oh it my, back I <laughs> want that. I want that to be the... The lightning hits the tower, the monster rises, he's like, eh... It's made out of gross body parts. I thought it would just kind of come together. Ugh, kill it. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, you that know actually would be lovely. And you know oh. what Frankenstein's monster was afraid of? What? Fire. Oh. oh. Bring it all back together. Bring it back together. Adam, you have another story here that I know nothing about. But it says oh. here that thieves. Thieves are doing thieving <laughs> things. <laughs> oh, my thieves. God. I'm going to. So, uh, recently, it has come to light that CD Projekt, the guys that make the Witcher series and the, and are currently working on Cyberpunk 2077, uh, have had some internal documents stolen and have now and are now being held for ransom uh, unless they these documents get released to the public. Oh, CD Projekt Red has since released a statement saying, "Hey, so the docs they got are early con like early concept documents for." cyberpunk 2077 we're not gonna pay the ransom at all but if you're really curious about the game don't look at them so Mm. i assume there must be some kind of like narrative heavy or gameplay mechanic heavy stuff in these documents that they maybe don't like even if it's early they really don't want people looking at if i may say that's kind of gangster on their part uh project red to just be like fine you got them do whatever you want we're still rolling through with it like I, i give them props for not being freaked out by like you know, hackers, like, stealing shit. Oh, you know what? My favorite thing is, of course it would be the game about cyberpunk hacking that would get hacked and have stuff held for ransom. Uh, of fucking course it would. <laughs> yeah, that uh, is that is deeply appropriate. I, I feel like these guys may have targeted this game in particular specifically for that trope, but... Actually, wait, no, you guys said everything I was going to say about that story, so... 
Huh? Uh, oh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of this happening before? Like, I know there was that huge virus a while back. The uh, mm-hmm. the ransomware. There, there was, uh, WannaCry. No, it wasn't WannaCry. WannaCry. Or something no, else. no, I think Heartbleed? it was WannaCry. No, not Heartbleed. Oh, uh, I think it was WannaCry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like they were using some backdoor method to hold people's internal documents on their system for ransom. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, damn, this is becoming more common, I guess. Yeah, it like taking people's data and like I guess people have realized, you know, it's more profitable to just like freak people out than it is to like hold on to it forever or sell it to the highest bidder. Eh, I don't know. It's yeah. I, I give props to Project Red. I give props to Project Red for just being like, fuck it. Yeah, there really wasn't a whole lot to this story because I don't think many details came out besides uh, Project Red's uh, statement. But it was just like, oh my god, what what world are we living in? A dark, devious one. Uh, okay, so that that's all of our news. However, uh, oh. before we get in, before we get into our wonderful fire-related discussion, um, E3 is happening next week. Um, and what are y'all's predictions for E3? Do you have any any hopes, dreams, Bethesda fantasies? announces mm-hmm. a new game series. Oh, okay. That's actually very close to mine. So Bethesda is instead going to announce Elder Scrolls Six. Excellent. Hey, I'd be down for that too. Oh, <laughs> that'd be fun. That'd be cool. I I I hear talk that they might actually talk about some Dishonored DLC, which would be lovely because I've waited a long time to hear anything about that game because they decided to talk about Prey forever, and I'm I'm hoping to get something new for that. It's it's like Christmas, but not. Um. Uh, EA will be, as far as, I believe EA is making a thing that's not going to be part of E3 this year. It's going to be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I'm not really, I don't know, I kind of I kind of go into E3 without expectations. And then when shit happens, like, Xbox talks about not game things for a while. And PS, and Stoney responds with, we make games. Um, yeah. I just get to laugh about it. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I, I. You know, I that's what like, I'm excited for. I'm excited for the bullshit drama that means nothing, but everyone's <laughs> going to complain about for a few weeks. Like, the weird little, like, corporate, like, backhand slaps that you know are going to show up. I'm excited for yeah. the memes. I want the next, like, weird, excited executive to get on and just, like, get nice and loud and sweaty about something I do not care about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Do you guys remember when, uh, I think it was, like, Xbox One got shown off and the PS4 had their, this is how you share games on PS4, and they just hand in the get the disc, it's like, thanks. Yes. Yes, I, I do. I, uh, I'm so happy about that. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything I was, uh, anything predicted for uh, E3. I guess I'm kind of expecting Sony to show off their big stuff, like God of War, Last of Us 2, and, uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm really hoping they show off more of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, mm-hmm. that would be cool. Uh, Sony said that there's supposed to be some big Japanese game developer announcement at E3. I have no mm-hmm. idea what it is. I okay. hope, I hope E3, I, this probably won't happen, but I hope at E3 they announce, like, they're doing the, the always weird expansion type thing for the Persona 5. Mm-hmm. It'd just be nice to know they're doing that. Oh, like P5 now? Platinum or something? Yeah, or like or like P five Crimson, which is the name some people I encircles I know. But the thing is, the game came out really recently, and those tend to come out like two years after the main game. Uh, I honestly don't think it, it. I don't think it would come out until for at least a little bit, 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was talking to a friend. There's a bunch of other other stuff. I'm trying to think if there's anything in particular. Uh, I had a friend say something like, do you think they're going to show off Kingdom Hearts 3? And I no. laughed at him before crying because I know that game's just like... They're going to announce another prequel or they're going to announce another oh, bundle. Man. Are you excited for Kingdom Hearts 2.935? XY, Chaos Theory, Zing Dreams, Resistance. You know what? I, <laughs> to, to, to be real honest for a second... Kingdom Hearts 3 has taken so long to actually get the fuck to, like, show up. I almost don't care. Like, I, it's like, you're going to show it off. Great. I don't care. I'll probably buy it and I'll play it and I'll like it. I just don't even care anymore. It, it was a simple, beautiful concept that has since grown into a hot mess. And uh, and I'm watching the hot mess become a thing. So, we'll see. Thing. We'll see. Uh, the other thing I heard, I keep... I think this is people just hoping against hope, but I keep hearing that FromSoft is FromSoft is supposedly going to have some big presence at E3, and I keep hearing people say, "Oh, do you think it'll be Bloodborne too?" I'm like, "Boy, I hope it is, but it probably won't be." Well, no, it's uh, it's going to be that other game they announced like a few months back. It's it's right. some kind of like anime blood vampire thing. So it's going to be that. That's oh, not that's... from so- that's not FromSoft. Is this a... Oh, I thought that was. I totally thought it was from Software. No, oh. no, no. Oh, you mean Code Vein? No, that's not. Oh, that's not. That's not from Shit. So actually, um, as far as so, see another thing about Atlas. Um, they announced that they're going to do a fantasy series, and they released some like pre photos for it. I hope they talk more about it. At E3. Oh, is that the is that Project Fantasy or something like that? Yeah, I don't know what the hell they called it, but it, yeah. it, they had like an elf and an armor, and they had a couple of other concept art images out, and I'm just like, yeah. ooh, that could be interesting. I hope you do a good game, Atlas, because. It's it'd be weird seeing you do fantasy like in a straight. I I remember. Sorry, I cut you out there, but I was gonna say, uh, I would really love to see them do like something non persona with like all the persona like trimmings and stuff. Well, you could just play Shimigami Tensei games and then. True, but it's like like I don't think they've ever done like a like a traditional fantasy thing, so it might be cool Mm -hmm. to see. Gentlemen, gentlemen, um, we can speculate forever, but we do have fire to talk about, so. Lightning round. Check out these sick fires. Uh, the last thing I was going to say is, as always, every year at E3, Capcom, please, DMC5, maybe? Come on, though. It's, you know, said he was working on something. You liar. Never, it's never happening. <laughs> Adam, I share your pain. Oh, I, check the, I check their Reddit and their Twitter all the time, and they have nothing. They give me nothing. <laughs> false hope. I- nothing. <sighs> Sorry. I want to make a fire pun, and I tried using ashes, but I can't come up with it because I'm too sad and depressed. The burning passion of my love for the Devil May Cry series is slowly being put out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that was two. Okay, okay. Why not? Why not? Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Just just to clarify, we are up to seven puns. Whoa, seven puns? By the end of this fire discussion, we're going to be up to seven hundred of them. <laughs> on that note fire fire everywhere and it's time to talk about fire levels and fire mechanics and the beauty that is fire and i guess maybe even just like fire as a special effect because it's kind of come a long way from being a little sprite to being like a realistic rendering of fire uh yeah. sorry that was um, something i was gonna bring up of like depends boy, on boy fire looks really good these days in some games yeah some oh. games have really good fire other games less so i still remember skyrim those fires did not look like fire so much as it just looked like red stuff 
floating in front of you. <laughs> I the the beautiful pixel effect that we all love and sometimes hurts us. Now, um, go ahead. Do go we ahead. need to? I know in a lot of times when we have our our big discussion or feature, we mm-hmm. do kind of a hey, let's set our definitions. How much defining do we really need for fire? I mean, We're for good. fuck's sake, it's fire. <laughs> if there's if there's fire, we can talk about it. This this is a levels level. I think we're going to just, you know, we're going to trust the audience to know that fire is a thing. How how about that? <laughs> I don't think we need to define fire today. Um, well, yeah. but let but does any let's let's start off by uh, talking about some good shit, some good amazing fire levels, right? Like you know, memorable good things that make us feel okay. nice and warm inside. Ah, uh, nice and warm. Ah, uh, oh, uh, dang it. Yeah, here we go. Here's another one. Oh, I should put a caveat. Uh, this might just be my uh, my opinion. This Do we want to include any kind of like heat or like desert thing as a fire since uh, or just like maybe, this maybe level not. is literally covered in fire. I want to say lava okay. is definitely allowed. Um, deserts, I feel, I feel if you're going to present it, make a strong case. Yeah, like a strong um, I case. Think, uh, and then on on the subject of of like uh, metal things that heat up in a dungeon or something like that, very mm. appropriate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. true. Very true. Very true. Very um, true. If I may, if I may begin, I personally love fire as an element. Uh, if I was an avatar, I'd want to be a firebender, even though that makes me a bad guy. Um, I think fire oh. levels often are very dope just because I get to see that beautiful particle effect everywhere and it always makes me happy because I love shiny twinkly things. Um, and the most memorable fire level for me, because it freaked me the hell out as a kid, was Mangmore Caverns from Metroid Prime. It was this under underground like cavernous region full of lava and like terrible like monstrous creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was present throughout the entirety of the game. It was sort of this, like, not like a little, not like, like a full stage, like you beat the temple and you go on, like you would use it to cut through different parts of the map. And yeah. as, as you were underneath the core of the earth or, you know, underneath the crust of the, the planet you were on. And it freaked me out as a kid. Oh. It, it made me like, uh, it, oh my God. Like it made me like actually feel hot being there, you know, like, like I would yeah. be there and I would like be freaked out and scared and like want to find like a region that looked cold in the game and just kind of like sit there and like watch the, the fog and not fog, but like the perspiration on my visor kind of heat up. And that's what I think of when I think of fire levels. I'm I'm ranting. I just I like Metroid and I like fire. So that's my stance. I was gonna agree. Like Magmore Caverns is one I, I hadn't thought of, but I really like that one. Because uh, it really does have this like they do something really well in that that it just I think it's because it's very cramped and because you are like in these underground tunnels that like there's mm. just fire everywhere. All the enemies are just breathing fire. There's lava everywhere, so it's very hard to it can be very hard to navigate through. Mm. Uh, I did like that you did go there in Magmore Caverns a lot because there there's all these the different hubs of the world but if and you could get to them but there's used to always be like you could go this way or you could cut through Magmore Cavern and just be done with this. Yeah, but it was and, like the dark scary shortcut, right? Like do I really do I really want to like I'm going to lose so much health if I'm not careful and like and like it had like it was a scary place. Like you said it was cramped, it was confined. Fire levels tend to be like that, actually. Like, you know, they like to work their ways into, like, volcanoes and whatnot. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I kind of... Go ahead, Zach. That ropes in a little bit to, uh... Um, they, they like... They're, they're, they're usually cramped, and I think one of the, the probably biggest aspects of a fire level is, uh, the floor is lava. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is like the earliest totally game you play as a kid, right? Like everyone's yeah. played that game. Everyone knows the floor is lava. Oh god, the floor is lava. Ah, I can't touch ah, the floor. Ah, ah. Or lava monsters. Ah. I, I am literally lifting my feet off the I'm just letting it melt and be like, okay, you know what? This is how I go. I'm going to go well, out no, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I have ample footrests around me, so it's pretty easy for me to, to not. How do you know lava. those feet, those footrests aren't also made of lava? Mm-hmm. Shit. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, most of the time, whenever it's going to be like a volcano-style thing, they're usually underground or very cramped. and Because it, then it's like, how are you going to avoid all this lava? It's like, damn, this is going to be rough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. You don't see a lot of open air lava levels, and excusing like a Mario level level or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, 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 I am a fool. I have not played a lot of Mario in my life. I aligned myself <gasps> with. I aligned myself with Sonic, young man, and I don't. It did, and I'll get to them. But I want to know about Zach's open wor- open world fire level because I'm kind of super interested in that. Like, well, what, okay, are you, so, what are you talking about? So in in Mario games, there's a number of Mario games, like I, I have not played this. I do not play a lot of Mario games, but I know that there are a number of like fire and lava based levels in like Super Mario or not, mm-hmm. yeah, and like that. And usually the environments for that are open air to some extent or another. But it's it's a straight platformer, so you know you just. Eh. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up a level name for Mario 64. Uh, quick, Zach, give us another example that you like. Okay, so. I'm going to talk about the cliche one, um, the the two different fire levels that are in The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm. Um, the first okay. one is fun because you've got the sort of like, you got the little salamander dudes that you got to deal with. and then Oh, that's the, uh, the Dondigo's Cavern. Yeah, the Dondigo's Tavern. Um, and then the Cavern. boss was really cool for that where you had to like use a bomb to, to throw it in mm-hmm. its mouth and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, I, I liked those levels mostly because I liked Ocarina of Time, but I also... Actually, one section that I found really interesting that it sort of brought into it is getting to the fire temple when you're an mm-hmm. adult link involves you like running through a field of meteors. Mm. Oh yeah, that's okay. when you're climbing up uh, Death Mountain to like as it's exploding. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you gotta go get like the fire tunic to actually explore inside of it and then stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I found that to be one of the most interesting gameplay segments of Ocarina of Time. It's just really? this sort of like it's. I, I guess it's because like. You see the goal, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. You okay. see the path, it's obvious. Okay. You see the meteors, and now you know your complication. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. And I so you're it... sort of like, how do I get to the end of this without getting slapped in the face of the meteor? I was also pretty young at the time, so it's it's something I've seen after that point as well. But mm. yeah. is, it, it, is it a matter of you need to do any special technique, or do you need just like a special item to get through? Like I know sometimes well, you need like fire resistant armor you, or something you like just that. Need, you just need to know where the meteors are going to hit, so that way you can mm-hmm. avoid where they're going to hit. I well, see. And, I and see. Also, because Zach, uh, Zach, I was going to mention the uh, the fire temple as well. I think that might also be the other one. The the second fire level Zach was talking about uh, in Ocarina of Time as young Link when you run this same path. If you have the Hylian shield on, you can actually just, like, crouch down with the shield on, and the rocks will bounce off of you. Mm, I don't yeah. think you can do that in as an adult. I think, they the, like, the eruption is, like, more violent, uh, so you actually have to dodge things. So yeah. it can also be like, hey, wait a minute, last time this was hella easy. Now I have to dodge stuff. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah. so it, it grows with you. Like, it's it's an additional challenge. And the, yeah. fire, the fire isn't even the danger anymore at that point. It's more like... I mean, I, I don't know. Don't like, get it, hit by big hot rocks. 
Yeah, don't get hit by big hot rocks. That's a life lesson that you get from video games. <laughs> there's, some there's your shit. bonus lesson of the day right there. <laughs> the precursor, the precursor. Adam, uh, do you have do you have any hot hot levels you'd like to share with us? Uh, I, had, I had a, I think, I wrote down three that I was going to do, and Zach kind of covered one already, which is the... Uh, Dodonigo's Cavern, and I think I think you were going to mention the Fire Temple as well, yeah, Zach? Because you said uh, yeah, two. I was I was also mentioning that. I basically was just Legend of Zelda Fire Levels because I yeah, no one game. Yeah, uh, uh, to speak specifically about the fire, the Dodonigo's Cavern. When I was young, that was the that was the first major game stopping game progress stopping moment I had in a game. Mm. Uh, the Nintendo sixty four was my very first game consoles, and I got up to the point where I. Uh, I had to go into Donago's Cavern, and up until this point, when I got my N64, my uh, I believe I think my cousin and a couple and a couple other family members and friends had played it, and they were all playing on my save file. So I actually hadn't played that much of it, so I wasn't sure what was going on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then I have to go. So the game says go to Donago's Cavern, and when you go in, it's super spooky. There's like there's a giant skull looking at you. There's lava everywhere. There's laser. There's like Bemos things. It's really kind of freaky. And as a kid, I was like, this is the scariest thing in the world. Oh, my God. Uh, I eventually beat that one. Uh, and then the Fire Temple was the other one I liked because Zelda just has a really cool thing with fire like fire levels. I, I, they always do them really well. It's something about, I don't know, just something about the atmosphere they all have. Uh, whether it's like the music being really haunting or like the cool like visual effects they do to make to make it look really hot, to feel really hot. Uh the fire temple was cool. Boy, was there a lot of red in the fire temple. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's, that's obviously that's, one of the consistent theme of fire levels is that there's red everywhere. Mm-hmm. I have to say, like, you're... I like what you say about how they do fire levels, right? Because, like, they're often the highlight for me, right? Like, uh, in Wind mm-hmm. Waker, like, one of the earliest dungeons you go in is... It's, like, underneath... It's Dragon Roost Island, and it's, like, underneath... That was the, uh... That was the other one I was going to mention. The, oh, the second God, I'm one. sorry. Uh, you no, know, no, you no. Go you go for it. You go for it. No, no. I, I just told stuff about... Uh, I think you and I are going to say the same thing. Wind Waker, especially with its art style, just handles fire and heat and everything so damn well. Like, mm-hmm. Drew, do you remember what the how the lava looked in Dragon Roost? It looked oh my fantastic. God. Like, I can look at that thing now and still, like, love what I'm seeing, right? Like, I can God still be like, oh, God, I feel all warm and toasty. Okay, I, I, sh- I should go. Can um, I get Can I get Wind Waker for either the 3DS or the Switch? Uh, Wind Waker had a re-release on the Wii U, that HD version. I don't think it's out on uh, Switch or 3DS. I would be shocked okay. if they didn't do that, though. They like, I'm sure they're gonna repackage it at some point. They gotta. Okay, the, I gotta gotta get on that bandwagon. Yeah, Wind Waker, uh, Wind Waker's Dragon Roost Island was really cool, uh, and I think they especially used um, there's some kind of technique or visual effect uh, and especially, what's it called when something's like really hot and you're seeing it from a distance and it looks all shimmery? Oh, are you talking about like the field of view they did where like everything became very blurred uh, until you came very close to it? No, it, it's like how do I put this? Uh, I, I can't remember what it's called in like in real life because it's a real life visual thing of like there's a thing that's like super hot uh, or like way away and it kind of looks all shimmery and liquidy. Oh, kinda. are you talking about bokeh light? Like where like the light like actually reflects refer 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 is weird. I can't talk today, guys. I'm sorry. Um, I've been Don't talking worry. a lot. Don't <laughs> the worry. The name escapes me. Can talk. Ah, 
The name no escapes talks. me. But they do just so many cool effects in Dragon Roost Island. And it's really cool that, like, in a lot of, like, uh, fire levels, you know, you're usually in some, like, cavern or underground. This one, you were in a volcano, and it wasn't just being inside the volcano. You also got to go outside around the top. And I oh, thought yeah. that was really neat. Like, because, like, mm-hmm. huh, you don't, you don't do that often. You, you get to see it from all angles. You get to, yeah, you know, they show off the smoke. You know, I have a theory. I have a theory. My theory is the reason that fire levels are often so great and so beautiful is because it's a wonderful excuse to just, like, have a tech demo, right? Like, there are mm-hmm. so many really cool effects. You get to show off smoke, you get to show off ash, you get to show off, obviously, any kind of particle thing you want. It's, like, it's all the really sexy stuff that looks really good. And, you know, like, I don't know, like, it's a good showcase. It's I can't also, actually... Sorry, go ahead. It also features, like, it, it features interaction with probably the most core mechanic of the game which is the hp system mm, like it's well it that, provides a very easy and like mechanical setup it's not like a water true. level where you have to start thinking about like how is the water a challenge to the player mm-hmm. instead it's like this is fire it will hurt you that's a really good point like it, it's a very obvious tool to play with like as a designer it's like well people know just looking at this that it is terrible and bad for you i can really use this to my advantage in any way possible did either of you guys play Star Fox 64 uh i played I a little bit of it at the beginning man. and i know about that fire planet and i always avoided it so there's a level called solar in Star Fox 64 and literally the entire Zach your comment about the floor is lava the entire level is you flying over an ocean of lava and giant waves of lava just come at you cut like 24-7 that's amazing I think you're also like constantly taking damage so the challenge of that level is to hit all of the rings to stay alive I kind of want that that sounds great yeah yeah I know I saw it in like a top 10 list I was watching it and I was like wow yeah and they were talking about like oh yeah your ship isn't isn't designed for this and so you're slowly losing health the entire level and i'm like oh dang i Mm. actually i think that's that's an interesting fire mechanic you don't see very often i think it's because it's really punishing but it's also a mechanic that like that's gonna get a player to do something that that'll get them moving oh like Mm. constant damage uh damage yeah, 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 like slowly losing all your health. And this isn't like strictly for fire levels only, but that mechanic is super good at getting players to get going and get out yeah, of that well, zone. Well, Zach, then sh- shall we shall we transition over to discussing fire as a mechanic, as that seems okay. to be what we're doing? Okay. Um, so, uh, Adam, did you want to talk any more about levels? Oh, uh, the only, uh, the only other thing about levels is I saw that we had here what your most hated level, fire level is. But we can we can probably get to that later in mechanics. Ooh. Okay. Well, it will probably. I don't have any particular level that vexes me as much as this particular mechanic, which is, whenever you have fire, the designers decide it's always a great idea to have burning damage. Like you know, you yep. get burnt, and it's like this long-lasting thing. And for whatever reason, that ticks me off to no end. Like. I never feel like it's fair. I never feel happy about being burned in a game. It always, like, like there's something about it where, like, I, oh, I made it. I made it through. I'm a little singed. And then, like, I see this, like, extra crap happen to me that just, like, ugh, I'd tell you, it really gets me hot and bothered. But uh, not in the right way. So, so you're not a fan <laughs> oh, of the... Bothered. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> see, I'm, I, that one's a little forced. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry. I'm not it's a pun. It. I got to put it down. Go for it. Go for it, Zach. I believe in you. So you're, you're not a fan of the 
Because I, I was going to say, like, I know most RPGs uh, have, like, the burn status effect. Oh, my God, where, I hate it. it's like, hey, look, I you got burned. and just hate it. I choose Squirtle because of that. I want to extinguish it. It is it is frustrating in like an action RPG and in certain scenarios. Like I know in Pokemon, it's super annoying. But mm-hmm. um, I found in like a typical JRPG, it's about as annoying as all the other status effects. Mm. Like well, playing through playing through Persona Five, a character being burned first of all didn't happen very often, and second of all was a lot easier to deal with than. Your your character has forgotten to use all their skills, or your character is despairing right now, and in three turns they're just going to die. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> like losing losing a bit of da- losing a bit of health every turn was just like way less threatening. And I think what also helped with that is after every battle, all your status conditions cleared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, I know most of the time in, in RPGs when when there is a burn status effect. Uh, burn will often kind of act just like poison does it'll act just like any other like dot does uh so it's always kind of at least to me even if i find it annoying it's at least nice that like oh hey burn is actually doing something different than just stealing health like sometimes it's like you're burned and i think in pokemon like your attack is lowered or something like that yeah if i may oh just if like upon reflection because i have been reflecting uh i think the reason i hate it so much actually goes back to metroid um (laughs) like so when you when you get stuck in lava in that game i don't know what it is but they decided to use the most like loud and aggressive like pain sound uh when you're stuck and like you watch your health just deteriorate to hell and it just oh there's something about it that like like i have well, i could have nightmares about it man well, i could Drew, have nightmares i'm gonna tell you something real quick okay you're standing in fucking lava stop standing in lava <laughs> i know i know yeah. and like totally well, fair but like oh god that sound oh. i will say i thought it was weird that in metroid prime there is a suit upgrade you get at some point that'll make you able to walk in lava it's called the gravity suit uh wait what huh yeah I, yeah the once you get the gravity suit upgrade you can walk through lava don't ask me why that makes sense but it, i mean it barely does i'm, I'm sh- i know you can walk through water i didn't know you could walk through lava I think you can. I think you can walk through lava, or maybe I'm thinking of one of the other Metroids. Yeah, it might be I, another Metroid. Uh, we will we will research this because I am very interested uh, in oh, anything no, no, it, that gets rid of that terrifying sound. It is the gravity suit, and uh, at least this is at least true in Metroid Fusion because there are a couple areas in there mm-hmm. where you go into the sector of the ship, like the fire section of the ship. Mm-hmm. Which re- real tangent here, uh, Metroid Fusion's fire level. I get that it's supposed to be a research station and each of the sectors is supposed to simulate some habitat, but are you really telling me that they're going to have a section of the ship that is just literally full of like molten magma? You know, for, for very special experiments about combustion, yes, of course. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> what scientist is saying like, uh, yes, good sir, get me, the bu- get me a bucket of lava so I may put it somewhere. Hey, yeah, scientist with a mission hey. and a dream. All right, all right, man. Sometimes... You need the bucket because you're trying to make infinite granite. Zach, is that a bonus lesson of the day as well? Yeah. Is that a Minecraft joke? <laughs> That's a Minecraft joke, yes. God damn it. Uh, all right. Um, but yeah, once you get the gravity suit, uh, you can walk through pools of lava. Hmm. So, yeah. So that, that that was RPG dots. That's running through lava. Uh, um, let's see I, other so mechanics. There's, there's a pretty classic one. Um mm-hmm. And, I, and it comes in two varieties, and it is it is it is the flamethrower. 
The, now uh, the first uh, variety of let, flame let us thrower. let us discuss the beauty of the flamethrower in all the of first, its glory. I'll go over. Well, we'll go over like it as like a weapon you can use in a bit. But I just want to say, um, it's it's the one usage though is a standing turret flamethrower. Mm. Any game that has ever had like a standing position thing that has like fire comes out and it shoots out flaming things, mm. and then you, if you get hit by them, you get hurt. Um, mm. That's what I'm talking about. Is the first. It's sort of this static flamethrower. Oh, and I know exactly is... what you're talking about. That's such a trope. I love that one. Oh yeah. No fire traps do that all the time. Mm. Oh right. There's also fire traps. That's a whole different thing. But but the next is the flamethrower, the mighty, the glorious, the flamethrower, or mm-hmm. as I like to think of it. The back burner. Get your TF2 joke out of here. You and your throwbacks to to a time before Overwatch. You rapscallion. (laughs) I don't know why. Oh, how droll. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, what a quaint idea, you Um, little... I I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I I like flamethrowers in games. I like that because it's always... Like... Zach, you mentioned the the flame trap or the like fire turret that is in like it's always in a Mario game and it's just these giant walls of flame that come by. Oh yeah. Uh, they're always really difficult to kind of deal with because they are like like you know projectiles, it's just the one thing you just need to jump over it or dodge it. The firewall is like, okay, this whole zone, if you go here, you're going to be you're getting hit. Mhm. So, and then in a lot of like action games where you get a flamethrower as a weapon, it's always like I just had to go through all of this fire stuff, but finally I get to use the flamethrower. So it's always unfortunate then when you get the flamethrower, and every time it eats so much ammo so fast. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I remember <laughs> playing like Halo Three. Oh god, were, I remember. Like, there were like five points where they handed you a like a giant heavy duty flamethrower, and you just like. I, I played the game enough that like I just got super efficient about using the thing because it would you would lose all the all the f- fucking ammo for it almost immediately if you didn't use I would, it right. I would actively avoid it. For me, it was just like the game's throwing this thing at me, pretending it's super good, but I know it's going to be useless in like ten seconds. So screw this piece of garbage. Like I I had no time for it in that game. I was so mad. Yeah, you know I game. Uh, I was gonna say you know a game had a really good flamethrower. What? Uh, the flame sprayer from Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I don't know. I, if you, that did. I don't know if you guys have ever seen boss runs with the flamethrower against like the beast type bosses. Oh, I haven't. You can just stun lock them to death. Ooh, oh, that's awesome. Dang. Like you just you pump it up. Wait, you're just you just like, huh? Wait, so so people like stun lock Amelia Amelia to death? Yeah, basically, and blood starved and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. You, you just get like. I think it was one video I saw that it cracks me up so hard because I had such a trouble with Amelia was uh, these three guys all doing co-op together. They all have like souped up flamethrowers and they're just walking around slowly and like burning it. Yes. Oh my God. It's like, all right, all right, get out. It's like, there's this terrible beast. All right, get out of here. Get, go on, shoe. At that point, it's almost like an exterminator squad. Just like, this is my day job. Uh... I was going to say, uh, one mechanic I kind of like, um, it's not really a mechanic, but I guess you see it a lot, is like the oil slick that you can set on fire. Oh, man. Oh, I, I remember. I remember I the Halcyon days of Dungeons and Dragons, where there was the grease, and then there was the, the like the fireball spell, and you could combo them. 
And then mm-hmm. Pathfinder gave you spark, which means you just needed grease and spark, and mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta, uh, things gotta burn. And I was I was specifically thinking of it from a bio the first Bioshock where you're in like the uh, the crematorium and you get all the right. the uh, fire plasmid, and you're you're in this room and all the splicers are banging on the wall, and the only way out is to set them all on fire, uh, and that's how it teaches you. Hey, if you see these oil slicks, set it on fire. Nice. Uh, Bloodborne did that too, where it, you could throw an oil jar at an enemy, and then mm. they took additional fire damage. Yeah, mm. if I, I, may, I never use that. I, may, combo, but. I, I would just like to say I don't know if this can we tack on the the uh, the illustrious uh, explosive barrel to your oil slick because that's what I think of when I think. I of think so. Good. Yeah, that's okay. Perfect. Okay. Okay. The, the giant red barrel that it's like yes. if you hit that, fire will be everywhere. <laughs> Yes, gotta, like, yes. It, it wasn't until Half-Life 2 that I really noticed the exploding barrel. Mm, they made ample use of it. They made ample use I of it. They did. And I just, after that game, I could not, like, every time an explosive barrel came up, I'd be like, oh, yeah. It, it started feeling really gamey for me after that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it, it is a game that is, I think it's like, what, 10, 15 years old now? But, like... Like when I first played it, it never felt gamey. It just felt like this like super cool thing that would happen. Like it was the fact that the world was reacting to me. Yeah, but... no, like like uh, I I felt the same while I was playing it. It's just reflecting upon it. Like within the next six months, I was like, man, exploding barrels are really gamey. So like every I... other game afterwards that had it was just like this feels really yeah. gamey. You know, like, have you ever seen any big, beautiful G-Mod videos where they just, like, take a bunch of barrels? Or, like, any real, like, mod... mod. Like, the first thing I think modders do when they, like, crack open a game is, like, see how many explosive things they can put together in one room and then light them up. Wait, um, I I remember a demo for something like that with uh, Far Cry, I think. Like, all the way yeah, back in Far Cry. Yeah, where the yeah. one guy got as many explosives as he could, and then he lit them all up. And the game Wait, crashed. <laughs> Wait, was that like the tower of barrels on like some random island? And he was just like, and go. And it's like, yeah. oh, it's beautiful. And we're done. You yeah, know what game no. has like really, I remember Just Cause 2 or 3 went absolutely nuts with the, this. these things will explode and there will be towers of fire going on here. Yeah. You know, tower. I remember Zach. Zach, do you remember when we would do the uh, the Halo Three Forge mode? And whenever you had friends oh, yeah. over, it really just became a wonderful collaborative experience of how many explosive objects can we fit into this tiny room? And can we find and- like <laughs> everyone <laughs> likes fire? Everyone likes to make things blow up. It's it's beautiful. It brings it brings us together. It mm-hmm. does. Um, it, I do have to say it. So so one of the funnest things you could do in like the Halo Three editor was get a giant stack of those really volatile explosives. Halo Halo 3 had very volatile explosives. Like, you would, like, smack it with another object and it would explode. But uh, mm-hmm. you very carefully stack them all together and then you very carefully put a warthog on top of it. And then you just, like, <laughs> fire. <laughs> yeah, and then you just... And then you have someone you yeah, no, then you have, like, somebody fire, like, one bullet into the into the explosive. They all blow up, and the warthog goes flying into the air, and it's beautiful. I wonder if you could do that with the uh, the elephants in Halo 3. Um, oh, God, you mean you mean the giant, like, transport carriers? Yeah, yeah, you, you get, like, five people on the elephant. Okay, so, like so it is possible. You do not go... No, I take it back. You can go really fucking far by doing that. Mm. Um, I have watched. It is, like, you stack... 
basically every explosive you possibly can, and then you put the elephant on top, and then you blow it up. It goes flying up into the air, like it's like soaring like a bird for a while, and anybody who's on it either dies or is like, like, uh, or or they took like one of like the gunner positions where you don't die when you're flipping in circles a thousand yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and then it eventually like crashes back down on the ground, and you're just like, that was fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say one of the one of the mechanics I had written down that I always like is and this kind of goes into and I think Drew you kind of brought it up is anytime you can like set the environment on fire and like kind of do stuff with it I guess that kind of goes with the exploding barrel and the oil slick uh, in this case I was thinking of like I know in Breath of the Wild you can take like torches and like just start start like fires on like the great plains and stuff but for whatever reason, I always like it's like I'm gonna set that thing on fire. It's gonna be rad. Oh yeah. <laughs> like no, I, you I, know I feel like we all sound like psychopaths, like just discussing like all no, this. Like okay. <laughs> At this point in my life, I'm basically like in a video game. I'm a pyromaniac, and I do also want to say one of my players is a pyromaniac in every single one of the games we play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just hey 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 dude. Thank you for not playing a character obsessed with fire this time. Thank you. Do I know this? Little does he know. (laughs) Little does Zach know. He's not obsessed with fire yet. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) If I may, if I may, um, I think there are two, there are two bits of fire that I think about that I quite like. Um, One, I like the fact that it is often used in a way where it creates a risk reward system. Mm-hmm. where maybe it's like, oh, you know what? You could probably get through this entire section of the game if you are really speedrunning it, right? Like, you know, like, oh, there's a wall and it's going to hurt you a bit, but you know it's not a solid object. And so you could roll through and take a giant, like, pile of hate from it, but you could do it. And I think that's a really cool thing to have in a game, right? Like, it's it kind of challenges you on a meta level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to bring it down to useful things in Fire... Um, the mighty torch, right? The the thing that you need to keep burning in order to see through the darkness, see through maybe like a dark forest or, you know, maybe a dark cavern. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I think they do it in Binding of Isaac at some point, but I don't, I can't quite. Uh, Binding of Isaac uses fire. I don't think there's any particular fire weapon or item, but mm-hmm. I remember Binding of Isaac, uh, especially the, uh, I think it was like the Afterbirth update or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Of like the the new version that he put out, mm-hmm. their new art style made all of the fire look fantastic. Like it has really good lighting and everything. Oh, oh nice. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. The other thing is uh, that you were talking about torches. And I do have to say, I spent an inordinate amount of time and uh, playing uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, just literally like taking my torch, moving mm-hmm. to another torch, lighting that yes. torch, moving yes. to the next like wall torch, lighting that torch, like. I don't know why, but that game's like, you know, if you want this room well lit, you're going to have to go run and light it all up. <laughs> oh my um, Lord. As far as torches go, there there are two games I can think of right now with, like, torches. Uh, one was Dark Souls 2 using its torches. Uh, Dark Souls 2 is pretty infamous for its torches. And, and you know, Drew kind of brought up using fire as a light source, which is its pretty other common mechanic. Yeah. Uh, Dark Souls 2 was supposed to have, like, this super... It was supposed to be way darker than it was, and you would, like, there'd be zones that you could not see, and you'd have to have a torch, so you'd have to, like, okay, you have to give up your shield, or you can have a, so you can have a torch so you can see, or you have to walk in the dark blind, but at least you have your shield. They did mm-hmm. do that in Bloodborne as well. 
But the thing is, they, like, yeah. in, in Bloodborne, it's not as much of a concern because you don't, like, you can very quickly switch and you don't have to have a shield. Right. They actually, I feel, did it better in Bloodborne. Uh, one, because uh, the torch in Dark Souls 2 kind of became useless when they redid the lighting engine and everything became much brighter. So you really didn't need to, you didn't actually need it. One. <laughs> Two, uh, it was on a, it was on a time limit. And the only and so that kind of made it hard because you'd have to pick up torches for an additional five minutes of use, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, but maybe that really wasn't an issue because at the end of the game, I think most people had like an hour's worth of torch use, and you really only would ever need it for like one zone. Mm. Uh, but I always liked it a lot more in Bloodborne because it was like I always have this torch; I can always use it. Whereas Dark Souls Two, you had to find a you had to go to a bonfire to light it you had to either find an already lit torch to light it or you had to use a flame butterfly to light it um Hmm. flame butterfly it's like this it's this little butterfly made of fire that you keep in a jar and uh when you want to use it you smash the jar and the butterfly on the torch and like when you kill it it catches the the wood on fire oh cool i I feel super uh, bad about that butterfly don't zach don't zach that butterfly had it coming uh uh, now that I think about it, Dark Souls 2 did have... I'm going to roll this one back. Dark Souls 2 had a lot of really cool uses for its torch. It's just a pity that you never actually needed it. Ah. Uh, whereas Bloodborne is like, wow, this is really useful. Uh, but again, you really don't need it. Yeah, but you. I, I leveled, I leveled up my torch. I leveled up my torch and was what very proud for? of it. What the fuck were you doing? Like, even the Hunter's torch wasn't that good. <laughs> I had a level 5 torch... And I was stoked on it. It made everything... I, I don't know. I felt secure. I you felt know what's secure. weird? Uh, if you level up your... I'm pretty sure in Bloodborne, your torch scales with your arcane knowledge. Yeah, it does. What? Your knowledge of the Eldritch and the and the Forgotten Truth means bur- fire burn good. Yeah, so so mechanically kind of the game, arcane... Be- it sort of like goes over beast. So mm-hmm. Molotov cocktails, um, the flame sprayer... Uh, and the hunter's torch, any fire-based weapon, all scales off of arcane. Oh, and the boom hammer, the hammer oh, yeah, that has hammer. a giant, like explosive on the tip. Yep. Mm. Uh, and the other game I can think of that used torches well. If are either of you aware of a game called Alone in the Dark for the Xbox 360? I know of it. Alone in the Dark was this really old horror game on the PC that got remade in. Uh, God, the year escapes me. It was made for the Xbox 360. And its big thing was, boy, howdy, does its fire, even today, still look, like, visually look fantastic. It it was, like, some of the best-looking fire around. Uh, Definitely for the time, maybe it looks a little aged now, but still pretty impressive. Wait, Mm -hmm. the name of the game is Alone in the Dark? Yep. Uh, Okay, so I do know about that game, but I don't know about it as a game. I know about it as a really shitty Uwe Ball film. Uh, let's not talk about Uwe Boll that, that'll be for a different podcast episode maybe. Yeah, whole, let us not it's whole thing besides having really good looking fire was uh, the main antagonist was this creeping darkness that would you know always be coming after you and would manifest like monsters and the only way you could get, get rid of them or keep them at bay was to light the environment up on fire to produce light and kind of burn them away hmm. and so you had all these neat ways of setting things on fire, and then watching it naturally spread everywhere. Hmm. And I always thought that was kind of cool, because you could, like, carry a torch and be like, oh, there's darkness, burn it. And it's like, oh, there's some darkness, burn that too. Hmm. Uh, 
it's just a pity that that game is fucking stupid. Yeah. Aww. There is Quite a. Pity. If it's cheap, I'd love to pick it up, though. I mean, that's that's no, interesting. No, no, you probably don't want to. <laughs> you just you just praised it. You just praised its graphical yeah, I fidelity. Praised, I praised this one part of it. The rest of it is poop. Oh well, I don't want poop in my life. I don't need that's that. That's right. You'd get, you all you would get is flaming poop. Do you want flaming poop in your life? I don't <laughs> think so. I, I don't. I don't want a dumpster fire. I'm okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's all right. Nobody, nobody has ever wanted a dumpster fire. But unfortunately, that's what Alone in the Dark is. You know, on on the topic of uh, of dumpster fires and flaming poop, that's such a such a high point to go with. Um, <laughs> yeah. Perhaps it's time we've talked a lot of smack. To design our own marvelous fire level in our design Whoa. club challenge of the week. Excellent. Right. My, I have. Uh, I already have an idea. My fire level idea is that you are in a dumpster and it is on fire and it is full of flaming shit. Oh uh, my that, god! That is lovely. Let us let us perhaps try some other ideas. Uh, this time uh, okay. we're gonna we're gonna okay. we're all gonna come up with one together. Um, our limitation is going to be it. We, we should have a, a limitation that it has to be real fire, not lava, not anything that we... And not no tangents. This has to embody what fire truly, truly is. And okay. we are all going to work together. I got it. I got it. I've got it. Okay, Zach. Zach, hit me with some I fire ideas. Go. Fire them at me. Shut the fuck Forest fire. <laughs> what? what? Forest is fire. Um, go on. Okay. So the level, it takes place in a forest that is on okay. fire. And you have to navigate your way through the forest whilst it is on fire. Oh, that's a really good idea. That, that would be what fun. If oh, man. What if you're playing as some woodland creature and you have to escape the burning... You have to escape the burning forest, but it's your home and you can't just leave, but you have to. Ah! Oh, the drama. Oh. The tragedy. There could be an environmental message. Um, let's see here. What are, which is it, like, is it a wildfire? Or is it a, like... Burning uh, the jungle? Maybe maybe this takes place I, in the Amazon. A, a group of teenagers are out getting drunk and starting up trouble, and oh one of them God. lights a cigarette, and wouldn't you know it, it starts a brush fire, but they don't put it out. They go and make it spread because they're young punks without a cause, and yeah. suddenly the entire woodland forest is on fire, and you, <laughs> Squirrely the Squirrel, is just like, fuck, I'm out of here. But Squirrely the Squirrel dies because it's level one, and you want him to die, and you take over the role of another larger more rough and tumble animal possibly a fox or a bear okay so is this gonna be like the the infinite mario brothers but instead every time you die you get another woodland creature <laughs> yes actually i would love that you every time you die you get to take on the role of another woodland creature trying to escape oh that's t oh good Oof. that is deeply I, you know, tragic <laughs> i could see that game working uh as an infinite runner kind of thing where it's like oh. escape the forest and you have to like your little woodland squirrel is trying to escape okay but like, right, Yo, Adam, right that's the most will... depressing infinite runner i've ever heard of in all my right, life all right Just all right guys know. guys yes zach we are making a level so i'm yeah like, infinite runner is just the one level oh right that's true infinite level infinite runner is one level but i i, I get your point a level set in a forest fire is actually something I don't know if I've seen. I, I've seen a lot of cavern, like molten volcano, uh, molten volcano. Sorry, I've seen I've volcanoes, seen many buildings on fire, caverns, burning buildings. I don't know if I've ever seen a level take place in the midst of a forest fire kind of deal. I think yeah. it'd be, if you could if you could nail down the immediacy of it, I think that'd be really powerful. Okay, so how do cool. we? Are we gonna do the forest fire level? Or are we gonna like? 
I think the forest fire level is great. I I highly abdicate for the f abdicate. I always mix up abdicate and abdicate, Zach, because I'm an idiot. I believe advocate. I'm going advocate right now. Okay, abdicate. Um, I like the idea of taking on woodland creatures. I would like to swap out my endless Mario idea and turn it into an online multiplayer game where everyone is trying to escape the forest and you can either work together or screw people over. We are again playing a making a level, not a game. It's still. I, I'm sorry. Please be damned, Zach. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, we already have the level Forest on Fire. I'm. I don't. I. I, I can't mess with it. It's pretty solid. Like I'm just trying to put I, fluff yeah. around it. Uh, but the thing is, how do we? So, so what mechanics do you add into to add that immediacy to it? I guess mm -hmm. like I guess like it. Maybe you have something that like even if you're like you don't even have to be in the fire to take damage from the fire. You you just have to be close to it. Hmm. Mm. Uh, and then like your character doesn't have a great massive health pool or something and it's hard to regain health so you like it's like you really want to conserve on your health but there's like heat everywhere or actually hell like a heat level and like once your heat hits maximum then you start losing health like it slowly starts draining away even if you're not in the, like even if you're not on fire or something i have a twist of mechanic i would like to add my okay. mechanic adding would be um you can try to escape just on your own um, okay. Just, just survive the level. However, you have woodland friends that are trapped, and you have to decide whether or not you will help them and help guide them out of the forest as well. Ooh, that's that sounds ooh ooh doofu. You can have it be something like you like. Uh, no, actually, you know, basically, your what you just said was kind of the idea I was cooking in my head of like mm -hmm. you can escape the forest fire on your own, or you can like you know if you have like limited resources or something, do it like. You know, because, like, you get, like, burnt out, like, going into, like, a, a burning building or something trying to save people and such. Mm -hmm. So, I would imagine, like, trying to run back and forth in a forest fire, trying to save all your friends and tucker you out. So yeah, be, like, I think some kind of exhaustion some kind of, like, some, Yeah, like, exhaustion or, like, an oxygen meter would be pretty, pretty interesting to go with. Yeah, yeah. Because I think people forget this, is that, like, even in a fire, like, most people, I think, like, just like suffocate kind of thing because they're like no, they're they just getting burned they totally do they totally do yeah it's, it's uh, a lot of people died to due to suffocation because the air is filled with smoke it's filled with a bunch of co2 and not oxygen because all the oxygen is getting burned yeah I, so like i think you can make a really interesting game about like uh if even if just as a level of like you're out you you can try to save as many people as you can or little critters as you can but you know you you either risk dying yourself or leaving people behind kind of deal and of course I, yeah. we wrap it up in an environmental message mm, i do like it's, it i do I like it i still think like if you set it in the brazilian rainforest and have the fire that's being caused is a uh, like basically guys burning the brazilian rainforest in order to make farmland there um to which i i have things to say about that particular practice but um that that would probably be the most environmental of environmental messages. Mm -hmm. Um or you could you could set it in a more typical like like I maybe Redwood Forest or something. Uh, Redwood Forest I, Fire would be terrifying. I take that back. <laughs> yeah, you like know, I'm 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 thinking of a, a setting that's more familiar and thus it lands a little harder. Like if it's something that seems a bit more exotic, then I feel like maybe the message would be lost versus like, oh shit, this like looks like a park I was just at. You know, like that that's to me. True. Yeah. yeah. So let me just say this. It sounds like uh, we've kind of gone off on to making an environmental message thing, 
Do we want to try a second fire level more with even more fire? Okay, okay, let's do this. Okay, okay. For some reason, I was just like, you know what's always fun to do in uh, fire levels? Surf lava. You want to surf lava? Yeah, yeah, man, that'd be cool. Wait, wait, I thought we banned lava. Did we not? Did we ban lava? We banned lava. We banned lava. You know what? Mm. Can Mm. we make a lava level as our companion? No, no, I got Adam. Adam, I got your back. So, um, a fire goes off in a beach town and you're a surfer granted magic powers and you got to use your board to go get the people out oh my no, that's god the same, that's <laughs> the same game but just now you're a surfer punk instead of a woodland critter i don't know i for whatever reason i really liked the idea of like a rad surfer bro saving the rainforest on a magic surfboard but that's kind of now <laughs> oh you know, my god you know what? no 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 wait 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 he's like yo chill out and then there's a bunch of water sprays out of his fucking surfboard for some reason <laughs> He's a firefighter. He's a firefighter. <laughs> a surfing firefighter, eh? Yes, oh, exactly. Oh, man. Okay, here we'll have we'll have two modes to this level. It could be tragic mode where you play as a squirrel, or super realistic totes gonna happen mode where you play as a sur- a magical surfboarding punk <laughs> who is saving the rainforest and at the same time learns more about himself than he ever thought he would. <gasps> oh, Adam. I love it. I, I love. I like, okay, so I, I love the like duality. Play, I love the duality. You should play the first. You should play the like surfer dude mode first mm-hmm. to reel him in, and then and then you'd be like, oh, there's this alternate mode as well where you play a squirrel during the forest fire, and you're like, that can't end well. And then you play it, and it does not end well. Hmm. I like at the, the end. Squirrel, at the end, squirrel is saved by surfer dude and says, "Hey, surfer dude, who is somehow also able to talk to animals? Did my friends make it? Sorry, little Kahuna, they're all gone." <laughs> oh my god! No, <laughs> little Kahuna. Okay, no. so I, I gotta say, I imagine it's like it is released as the grim dark version where you play as the woodland creatures that are trying to escape the fire, and there is a cheat code you pop in that is surfer dude. Or what was what did you just say like like aloha or like you just said something? Said oh, kahuna. I said I said sorry, little Kahuna. Little Kahuna, <laughs> little Kahuna is the cheat code, and that's how you unlock the surfer, bro. That magically makes everything better. <laughs> oh God. Okay, we, we need we, we need a title. We need a title for this thing. Um, uh, I want to go with. Uh, uh, what's the name of the the fire bear? Uh, the, the fire smoky? bear smoky smoky S- smoky smoky you can't just go smoky you... if you got him <laughs> what nah, i don't know um uh, let's see forest fire level name i guess we turned this into a whole game or like a, like a section yeah, of a game like, yeah definitely what, what would you name this level though i think i would, I would name I, it uh the damned forest that I would damn say, forest no no i would call it uh flaming gully Oh, Zach, that's mean. Okay. Uh, let's see, let's see. Well, you're playing as a squirrel, and uh, let's see. I don't know. I can't think of a good one. This, oh, this escapes my nuts me. are on fire. I was going to go with, like, blazing <laughs> nuts, but that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I want, like, a, proper, a properly dramatic title. Uh, maybe just, like, Forest the Run. Infer- I was going to say The Inferno. It was like, no, yeah. we did that already. Did we already do the Inferno? Uh, by the way, I just like that every fire, like most fire levels I see, as, <laughs> this is especially true of Mario, all are like some like fire pun kind of thing, or like, it's like, oh my god, stop with the fire jokes. I get it, it's a fire level. Adam, Adam, I've got it, I've got it. Roasted nuts. Oh! 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 
So, all right. What about? Um, I, th- I think just calling it Inferno. Like, you gotta go with, like, a simple title, because this is dramatic. Hey, how about we go how with... How about Burn? Just call it Burn. Burn also works. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, can we name it, uh, Lethal Lava Land, but no. That's... <laughs> Actually, no, nope. Burnt. Burnt, because it implies burnt. that people died in the process. <gasps> yeah. That's right. Even though Squirrely might have saved all of his friends, he didn't save everybody. Oh. Oh. Well... Well, on that happy note... <laughs> well, okay, I just wanna... I wanna tangent off for a second. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of this, when I, when I saw our design club thing, it's like, we're gonna make a fire level. Like, rad, I can't wait for this, like, <laughs> oh, cool fire lava thing. I wasn't aware we were gonna be making Bummer City 3000 Simulator. I'm really well, sorry. That, that, I just, that's, I, that's, when that's, I initially... that's why we have Little Kahuna mode. We have Little Kahuna mode. Little <laughs> mode. No, like, I, like, my original incarnation for this was the forest is on fire and you have to make your way through because I assumed you were going to be like a human making your way through the forest. Mm-hmm. And that like, that's part of the challenge of the level is sort of like taking that idea um, from like Star Fox 64 where like the whole level's on fire and you're slowly draining health as you go through and you're like, shit, I gotta go dodge all these falling branches and all this. And I wasn't even thinking about this like, oh no, but what happens to all the cute little forest animals? And I'm just like, and now I'm like, oh no, what have I unleashed? Well, okay, so did we, did we decide it was going to be an endless runner, or would it be, like, a structured, like, zone level thing? Because um, I think it, I think this one works if, like, it'd have to be, like, structured level, because then you know kind of yeah. where they are, and you yeah. have to plan out your course. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Maybe, maybe, like, a roguelike, like a random generated forest or something. Yeah, and you can have, like, yeah. like clear different obstacles to get around mm-hmm. through the forest. Mm-hmm. I think so. All right, yeah. all right, all right, my friendos. Um, do we do we want, uh, do we have time to put a bow on this thing? Are we ready to move on to pour outs for the episode? Final thoughts. Um, I okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pour one out for Gears of War, I believe two that mm-hmm. had a level with a whole lot of lava. Ooh, <clears throat> like there was a bunch. Actually, the the first game had ones too, but yeah, Gears of War. There's a lot of lava in certain places. Hmm. Hmm. I see. I have a toast. I would like to give a toast to a Sonic Fire section that I remember because I mentioned it earlier. Um, Sonic Adventure 1, I believe it's Red Mountain. At some point, you take this delightful mountainous level and turn it into this weird underground hellscape where there's fire and death everywhere. And I thought that was super neat and great. And I just wanted to wanted to point it out for you guys. I wanted to, wanted to hmm. give a toast to that. Well, thanks, uh, thanks Drew. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem, man. Uh, <laughs> do I have any? I guess the only thing I would say is uh, a toast to a mechanic that I just now remembered. In Wind Waker, you could throw these giant jars of water at uh, at the lava, and it would create platforms that you could jump on. Mm. Now, that's not how that works. <laughs> like, that much water does not cause a platform, no. but it was really fun to play those areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a toast to it. Oh, toasty. Mm. Toasty. All right. Toasty. On that note, Zach, is it is it lesson time? Yep. Hey there, everybody. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson is when your pants are on fire, maybe you should take them off. And that's the lesson of the day, everybody. Oh, thanks, Zach. I will remember that the next time I start lying to friends, I will immediately rip my pants off, lest I be engulfed in the inferno. Oh, my gracious. <laughs> what? 
I said next time I next time I start lying, I'll remember to take my to tear my pants off so I won't be caught up in the inferno when they catch fire. Also remember not to lie when your pants are on fire. That's a bad idea. Oh yeah. Sorry, that's that's my fourth lesson of the day is don't lie while your pants are on fire. Damn, I'm just like full of lessons. Zach, I just have a question. What is our final pun count uh, of of the session? Oh, um, I I stopped counting at a certain point because oh, I didn't God, Zach. Um, so I I didn't because I didn't notice any more puns. But I my current count has us at ten puns. Well, that's wow. great. I feel like that's... we got we ended up we ended up a little under par. I'm not gonna lie. Well, you know, no, uh, th- I mean, most time puns have like more varied things. To to think up this many like fire-related puns, shit. I was gonna end on a fire-related pun, but then I I couldn't think of one. I guess you burnt out. I guess you burnt out. Oh, he's burnt out. Oh, there it is. It's going, my whole plan is going up in flames. Can't believe it. Oh, there's another one. We're up to twelve. We're all monsters. Uh, That's right. We're all flaming monsters. Uh, listener, if you have any flame-related puns, please send them our way. Uh, if you have any any feedback or criticism or fun things you'd like to share with us, questions, topics, um, you can send send all that stuff our way over at teamnitwick doc, at teamnitwick at gmail.com. That's team N I T W I C at gmail.com. Um, this week's music was by Pro Leader, as is typically the case. He is a beautiful human being. Go listen to him on Bandcamp. Next week, we will be going over Western versus Eastern RPGs, a user submitted topic we are all super psyched to talk about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, you're sexy, and we love you. And. And we hope you all have a great day. Farewell. Yep. Bye. See you guys later. Hope you may- go out there and make some sick burns. Oh. oh. We were so close <laughs> to being done. No. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.